When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Alright, hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast where we talk about everything Star Wars in the Legends versus canon. Uh, we talk about all things and how they were before the Disney buyout and the changes that Disney made to said topics. We had been talking about ships for a long time. But there's a lot more ships to talk about. But we're going to take a break for a little bit and cover some other topics just for some fun. And so we got a good one that's very present in the Star Wars universe today. Yeah, we do. We are going over cloning, which, let's all be honest, clones are our favorite characters. <laughs> yes, very much. Also, Kreia is human. Oh, she is human. Okay. Yeah, she just, just a has a weird thing. hairstyle then. Yeah, it's the it's the low pixels that makes it not look like hair. Uh, but it is hair. Gotta love those two thousand three graphics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, for anybody like thinking that, well, that's completely out of context of cloning. Uh, we were just talking about the Kotor remakes for um, or the remasters for Switch. Yeah, yeah ports. The, they're not actually the ports. Yeah, they're not they even remasters. Better. It's just they're <laughs> ports. Yeah, Aspire just ported them over. But um but yeah, we got we're going to go over cloning today and we you might hear some interesting characters that might randomly pop up because of cloning stuff. Mm-hmm. So to kick this all off, we're gonna start with legends as always. So for the early development of the cloning process, uh, the early cloning technology was developed by a number of civilizations in the galaxy. Some noted species that possessed the technology included the inhabitants of the worlds of uh, Com, Lur, Eorth, uh, Columbus, Columbus, and as well as Arcania. One of the more infam- infamous species that pro- progressed a Great deal of knowledge for cloning inhabitants of Camino who are renowned at their skill in the field. Which obviously is, you know, the Kaminoans, we see them literally all in the Attack of the Clones, and we see them throughout the anime series of Clone Wars, because, you know, they created the the clones that we all know and love. And it's then just... yeah, what? 
it's just interesting that you know we associate cloning with Camino, but there were hun- there were like six other systems that were yep. engaged in cloning. Yeah, I guess they weren't like good. That's what I'm assuming. Hey, if I was a separatist, I'd be like, you know what? Let's they got clones. Let's go to someone else and get clones. We can probably do get do it for cheaper too. And then we can have clones <laughs> and battle droids. Ooh, that is true. That just goes to show you that there was never going to be a winner of the Clone Wars. It wasn't about winning. Nope. Not at all. Uh, But one of the largest cloning operations was the creation of the Grand Army of the Republic, an immense army of clone soldiers, all based on the genetic template of the Mandalorian bounty hunter Jango Fett, created by Camino scientists as part of initially... A Kleinstein program that seamlessly established a pan-galactic military force for the Galactic Republic, which obviously we see this in Attack of the Clones. And then, uh, in a vast facility maintained on Tupoko City, clones were grown and trained in the uh, cloning chambers at the city's military complex. The first attempt to replicate Jango Jango Fett uh, resulted in 12 prototype clones, known as the Null-class Advanced Recon Commandos, and were the subject of the Kaminoans' attempts to enhance Fett's genome. While the clones were possessed photographic memory and perfect recall, and the and substantially bulker frames as adults, half of the twelve did not survive the gestation. gestation period, and six who deemed uncontrollable by their creators. Which I want to say... The null class, because these this is legend, so this is not um the bad batch, obviously. Yeah. Well, uh, this is interesting because actually I don't think they're about the bad batch at all. They're closer to Fett's genotype than any other clone. Yeah. And that's what Omega is. That's right. I completely forgot about the Omega. <laughs> But we'll talk. We'll probably just mention her briefly. Oh yeah. Um, but the behest of the Kyoval Dar Sergeant Kal Shiraka, the clones were ultimately spared uh, from being reconditioned. A fate which, in which case, would mean death. Disappointed by their first attempt to modify Fett's genetic code, the Kaminoans pres processed the creation of the Alpha Generation, a new batch of ARC troopers personally trained by FET. Mm-hmm. Which, that's interesting. I did not know. Because we only see, at least in Attack of the Clones, we only see him, you know, as the donor. We never see him doing having an active role. Besides, you know, his, just his genetic makeup. That's it. Compared to, like, in Legends, he actually trained some of the clones, right. personally, which is insane. And then, in addition, the Kimonans also took DNA samples from Jedi Knight Fallon Gray, which were used to create the f- twin Force-sensitive clones called X1 and X2. And then, y'all might be thinking, it's like, well, we don't ever see a clone Jedi. True. But we do play as one in Star Wars Battlefront Elite Squadron. You play as X-1. Oh. Uh, and you become... Throughout the game, you eventually, like, you be choose different classes um, 
while you're helping the uh, UR clone in the Clone Wars, like, as just a normal soldier, and then you go into the Galactic Civil War, where you fight with the Rebels, and then you force jump your way up just to get a rocket launcher, and everybody's like, how the heck did you do that? And then, like, I think two missions later, you become a Jedi, and you can use Mm. a lightsaber and whatnot, and you fight your twin brother, because he becomes a Sith. Shocker. Very similar to the Eternal Empire. Yes. uh, Storyline. Yes. Very similar to uh, Suotor. And the standard troopers were genetically altered to be more docile and susceptible to obeying orders than their genetic template, uh, supplemented by rigorous behavior modifications to instill absolute loyalty to the Galactic Republic. A surgically implanted inhibitor chip was further safeguarded against betrayal from rogue Jedi. The chip, however, was proved to be an integral part of the Sith Master Plan. Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. Order 66. Go figure. Way to go. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. And then order to grow fully mature clones in half the time, it uh, takes ordinary humans, the Komodans, modify the clones by inhibiting and implementing age acceleration to the development, thus allowing the clones to reach adulthood in 10 years instead of two decades. Still, 10 years? That's insane. Well, yeah, that's also the thing about the clones are super old, too. So, like, they reach adulthood in 10 years, but likely most of them are old, and by the time the Galactic Civil War is over, and we're starting to see the formation of the New Republic, most clones are going to be long gone. Really I mean, old. you're really old. I mean, we Rex, obviously, we do know Rex is in Rebels, which is Galactic Civil War, which is five years after the Empire's formed. And, like, you know, we do know he took place in the Battle of, of Endor as well. So we know right. he's, like, clones can live, a, like, a decent life. Right. But probably not up to the New Republic, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the second year of the Clone Wars, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine had established a secondary cloning facility in the secret, <clears throat> in secret on Coruscant's moon, Syntax II, uh, under the supervision of Arcanin clone masters. The facility was operated by the company Arcanin Microtechnologies and used Suparti cloning cylinders to produce fully mature clones within a year. That's insane. Ten years is one thing. Now you have clones coming out the woodworks within a year. Even though, you know, the Clone Wars, you know, don't all that long last all that long. No, it's like five years or something like that. And aside from Django Fett's considerable price to become the clone template, Fett also requested an unaltered clone for himself. Django regarded the clone as his son in Legacy, thus naming him Boba Fett. As per Django's terms, Boba's genetic structure was not tampered with age acceleration or increased docibility programming, essentially making him an exact physical duplicate of his father, despite receiving none of the modifications that his clone brothers would possess, Boba would still experience the degradation of his DNA later in life due to the fact he was a clone. Hmm. Which we kind of start seeing, if you ever watch Book of Boba Fett, like, 
obviously Boba's old, but like we kind of start seeing it, him aging more. And obviously right. that's more for because the actor is a lot older than when he was right. in Attack of the Clones back in 2000. Well, Boba Fett's got to be like, okay, so Boba has to be around 10, 11 in Attack of the Clones. Uh, Something like that, yeah. So that would put him around probably 16 around the time of Revenge of the Sith. And then... So that would then put him 16 years older than Luke. Mm-hmm. And then that would so be... So he would have been his, like, late 30s, in, almost 40s by the time of A New Hope. Right. mid Because so 19 plus 16... 35. Yeah. Right. So he's around 40 by the time. Uh, Book of Boba. Over. Yeah. But by, by the time Book of Boba happens. Yeah. And we can see he does not look 40. He looks older than 40. <laughs> right. And then uh, although the clone army was eventually a significant advantage to the public, uh, which had a linked lacked a proper military force for over a millennia, it was also recognized that the clone soldiers could be one of the greatest threats to the Republic if they had not created strictly under the Republic's supervision. Hence, the Galactic Senate issued Decree E49D139.41 near the end of the Clone Wars, thus confining all military purpose cloning to specifically licensed Republic facilities and banning all non-military cloning of Sentience, with the exception of medical cloning on Clomler, Columus, and Arcania. Although even they requested a license and case-by-case evaluation, the ban also prohibited the sale of cloning equipment and the hiring of cloning or genetic engineers with the intention of cloning and the purchase of any cloned uh, sentience. They went all out and like, hey, yeah, we're not going to allow this to happen anymore because we knew we messed up and we're not going to let anybody else do it. Hmm. I guess. Or, you know, we don't want to have our own soldiers to fight against us because they're like in the millions. Right. Makes sense. And fully trained. And then the Separatists also attempted to create their own army of clone soldiers to counter the Grand uh, Army of the Republic, in which they selected the Nikto Morak Morgukai, known as Bok, as a clone template. Thus, the Morakai Shadow Army was created on the Outer Rim world of Salakamari, uh, presumably grown from Sapari cylinders, trained by Azanti assassins, and programmed with unconditional loyalty to the Confederacy. They would never make it off-planet, however, as the facility was destroyed following the siege of Salakamari. Saluka my God. Yeah. Words. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you were right. The Confederacy did, like, hey, let's make our own clone army. And then (laughs) it gets wiped out before we can even use them. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
And then, uh, only towards the end of the Clone Wars did the Jedi Order learn that the Sith had involved in the cloning program from its inception, although they uh, knew not what was the purpose. They chose to keep this knowledge a secret from the Senate, as they thought they would destabilize the Republic and undermine the war effort. Well, that was their own fault. They so should never have is, done that. Like, this is my issue with this, because this comes from the lost chapters of Clone Wars. So... Basically, Obi-Wan and Anakin discover that Count Dooku is the one who placed the order for the clone army. Well, you know, part of the reason that Order 66 is so successful is that the Jedi trust the clones and they're able to take the Jedi by surprise. And so... But if the Jedi knew this, at least the Jedi Masters and Jedi Council knew this, more of them would have survived Order 66 because they wouldn't have trusted the clones. Yeah. You know, we do all hate Pong Krell for a lot of reasons because he's terrible. He was at least right with that decision. <laughs> that he, was like, he was right not to trust the clones. Yeah. But... But we love the clones because of the Clone Wars. This is true. Granted, the clones, they were more forced to obviously to do it. Too. So they're victims themselves along with the Jedi because they had no idea what was going on. I mean, when uh, was it was it Fives that discovered the inhibitor chip in the Clone Wars? Yeah. And like, tr and like freaked out about it. It's like, I don't want to do these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like they don't want to do it, but yet, like you know, the Kaminoans, like, hey, we're gonna put these chips in you because we were ordered to. I was like, how about you shouldn't? I don't so, think like, the Kaminoans knew what they. Were oh, they had no. Either. They probably didn't know what they were going mm -hmm. on either. You know, it's just Palpatine. Now, if everybody, you know, came up and like, hey, this is a pressing issue. We probably should have this to light. Things might have been a little different. Mm-hmm. I also blame Jar Jar for most of everything because he gave Palpatine the full control. So, it's all, all Jar Jar's fault. Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> oh, yes. And then, in the early days of the Empire, the much uh, diminished form leadership was captured... Uh, captured the bounty, uh, bounty hunter Boba Fett and turned him over to Jabba the Hutt. The Elder Form cut a deal with Jabba to save his life, pleading control of the army of Anu Dat clones to Jabba's struggle against the enroaching Mandalorian Death Watch warriors within his territory in addition to generous portion of the gang's income. You know, Jabba being the war criminal that he is. Is he really a war criminal? No. Or is he just a criminal? He's He does both. At least in the Clone I mean, Wars, he's he... a war criminal because he does a lot of war crimes kind of a thing under the table. I mean, does he kill surrendering opponents? Does he fly under... Fair point. ...different battles? Does he... <laughs> Are you pointing he... this back to Obi-Wan? I... I mean, this is true. <laughs> but... You know, maybe war crimes are different in the Star Wars galaxy than they are in ours, but... I mean, look at Chopper. He's committed a bunch of war crimes, and he's just a droid. Right. 
I mean, but like Jabba doesn't he he does do like systemic crime, but like I don't think Jabba's ever committed a genocide. True, he hasn't. Then it, well, and he's also you know helped out Tatooine surprisingly, so I guess he's the mob boss. Yeah, eh. it's Jabba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now we have the reign of the Empire. So things are a little different in the Empire era. With the rise of the Galactic Empire, there were stricter laws placed on cloning technology to prevent anti-imperial factions from breeding their own armies of clones, which led to the Empire's attempts to season the technology from other civilizations. This included an attempt to confiscate agricultural and cloning technology from the Athorians through military force. And if you don't know what an Athorian is... If you ever go to Galaxy's Edge down in Disney, it's Doc Ondar. He's an Athorian. He's the they're the weird like slug things that have to have like um voice modulators on their throats where like they're they kind of look like gills in a sense. Right. Well, so do you remember the original Clone Wars cartoon? Mm-hmm. When they're fighting on the siege of Coruscant, where they're trying to get the can- the Chancellor away from Grievous, mm-hmm. and there's an Athorian Jedi there. Yes, I do and remember. He, like, that. he screams, and like you see the sides of his like throat expel like a frog or something. And yeah, it's, it's they're it's, they're an interesting species for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you play Nessa Old Republic. Um, Two specifically, when you're on Terrace, no, Helos, Telos, Telos, yeah. Um, you meet a Athorian that helps you out, and you being you, you know Athorian. So, but you have a translator. That's how they explain to that. Oh, that's right. You do have a translator. I um, it's yeah. been so in the long first game in the first game they're just like oh you're so skilled you know so many languages yeah and the second game is like no you're not that skilled you have this little device that lets you translate things to you <laughs> that's right i forgot about that it's been so long since i played those games yeah like obviously one you're playing you you yourself are revan so yeah they're gonna make you spoiler spoiler ben okay it's been almost two decades <laughs> Yeah, but they're remastering it. They're yeah, they're or they're remaking it. Whatever. Hey, maybe they'll change it, and you're not Evan. No, that's no. They already said you are. Maybe they'll change it, and Alex actually the good guy. I don't know how I feel about that. Ugh. Playing as a guy with no f- lower jaw, and, mm. and he'll be and he'll be played by Adam Driver. No. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> uh, let's get back on. Cloning. Back to cloning uh, before we have an uproar. <laughs> um, among the reformations uh, that transformed the Republic into the Empire, the former Grand Army of the Republic was reorganized into the Stormtrooper Corps. The remaining clone troopers that survived the Clone Wars were re Christianed. Chris or re, Chris- uh, la, 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 la. yeah, rechristened. 
rechristened as Imperial Stormtroopers. Despite the ban of on cloning, the Empire continued to utilize the clone soldiers in secret. Wow. I mean, they're perfectly good soldiers. Might as well. Why does they need to be secret? It's not like no one knew they were... Like, they didn't know. Oh, It's what? more... I don't know, honestly. That is a good... That is a good question. Uh, and then there was a clone rebellion on Kamino in 12 BBY brought to the end of... To the FET clones' proud domination over the Stormtrooper Corps. Uh, though they succeeded in suppressing the revolt by storming Tipico City and annihilating the army of FET clones designed to fight against the Empire. Emperor Palpatine lost confidence in the army cloned entirely from one man. As a result... Future generations of stormtroopers were cloned from a variety of templates. Interesting. So in Legends, stormtroopers they are still use, They still use clones, just not over one person. Right. Which, uh, Django Fett. I mean, he was a Mando, so... Right. But think... it's interesting. That makes sense because in the original Battlefront 2 game, they talk about the 501st is the only legion. Mm-hmm. in the empire that remains solely clones yes because so, i don't know they how were much of that Anakin, so no i don't think that's canon anymore well mainly because of the end of clone war season seven yeah i mean you is there kind of old i guess that's only half the legion but oh true they do storm the the temple with anakin that, that is was, confirmed True, but that was also like it's still during the Clone Wars of that. Yeah. And then following the death of Galen Merrick, uh Darth Vader endeavor a uh, Darth Vader endeavored to recreate his former secret apprentice through cloning technology. Thus Merrick's body was brought to Tamara City on Camino to be a genetic template for a single clone that would take the original's place as Vader's Sith assassin. And if anybody does not know who Garen Merrick is, he is Starkiller. The mm-hmm. character you play as in Star Wars Force Unleashed 1 and 2. And number 2, spoiler warning, you play as his clone. The one I just talked about. So, But you find oh. out <laughs> Vader made multiple clones. <laughs> yes, if we don't know what the canon was in there. And the so in with the Force Unleashed one, he dies. That's canon. Like he, he dies, died. or he is injured in that, and that's canon. The light side ending to that yeah. game is the canon ending because that's that's also the uh, ending in the book as well. Because I I did read the two books, right? Uh, the canonical ending for the game for is two? again for two is the light side again. Where he doesn't discover their other clones. Correct. Well, no, you fight clones though. The no, you still you find out there's other clones because you fight them. He oh, fights them through uh, to get to Vader. Right, but do we know that he is actually? Do we actually figure out that he is a clone? Because that's like a point of contention. Because Ronkota says you can't clone a Jedi, but we know that's not true. Yeah. Well, that's not true at all. Uh, no, like uh, no, he he. He knows he's a clone, and he kind of figures that out when um, he goes to Dagobah and goes through that. Uh, goes through the cave. Goes through the cave and sees himself and everything and finds out, oh, yeah, I'm not him. 
but I'm still going. I'm going to be him because. In old legends, several Jedi did uh, donated their genetic material to the cloning process. So some of the commandos, like Republic Commando, when you play that, I can't remember. I think it's it's the guy who is the demolition expert, the yellow clone. He's voiced by the same person who voices Karth and Caden, Elenko. Because your boss was just orange, green is Fixer, red is Sev. Yeah. Yellow is... But him, if I remember... Scorch. Scorch. If I remember, Scorch has DNA from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Interesting. Okay. Because the commandos were given different, were given a larger like pool of genetics to make them mm. better than the normal clone troopers. Because they're the most BA clones that we will ever see in epicness. Right, that game is ten dollars on the Xbox Store. It is a hundred percent worth ten dollars. It like think Star Wars Call of Duty. It's basically right. what it is, and uh, it's awesome. But like the old Call of Duty before yeah. it got showy like yes. thinking call of duty like one two and three one two and three mm-hmm. up until like modern warfare and yes it's great it's awesome it's great. and fun fact boss and it's either sev or scorch one of the two um are canon they, yeah they show up in the clone wars yep two of them are two of the four are canonized obviously boss who is the leader um, but yeah, two of them were canonized because they were c- cameos in one episode of Clone Wars, and then spoiler alert, they reappear, or one of them re- uh, is a Scorch or Sev? I think it's Sev uh, that reappears in Bad Batch. The very end. it's the last episode of season one. We see a Commando. It's one oh. of them. Yeah. In the Empire Squad. Uh, it's, um, they were trying to escape from, uh, the Bad Batch were trying to escape from some Imperial's troopers, and, like, the commando, one of the commandos was, uh, leading them. Uh, I thought that was the Rhinot episode, or not Rhinot, Rhinot, I've got Matt Speck on brain. Um, the Ryloth episode. Maybe? Where they, they have I know the one command- of them, like, shows up in Bad I'm, Batch. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna I'm have to, to look. I need to rewatch it. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, according to Niki Zanz, a former slave who possessed an intimate knowledge of cloning procedures, cloning was not the key to immortality, even though the clones are naturally based to be very large degree of on genetic template. Each clone is a new person that possesses his own identity and memories and is ultimately a separate individual from the original. Makes sense, because, I mean, obviously we see this and. Obviously, right now we're talking about legends. In canon, we see this specifically with Clone Wars, which is actually Tekken canon legends. Each clone is their own person. Rex is some is right. different. Cody's different. Fives, Echoes, etc. And then uh, Darth Vader confirmed Anik Zan's uh, assert, assert, ugh, assertions on cloning when he re- 
revealed some of the reasons behind the failures of various clones of Yalan Merrick. While Merrick's clones possess the problematic memories and emotions of the original Secret Apprentice, some characteristic traits uh, were inherently were more dominant than others in each clone. Some were hunt- haunted by the memory of Merrick's father's Kento Merrick, where others were affected by the young boy that Merrick had once been before the tutelage under Vader. Yeah, I mean, hence why, like, when we see in Force Unleashed 2 with specifically Starkiller, and when we find out that you're, uh, you are a clone, there's multiple clones, but, like, the one that you're specifically playing is, like, an exact copy. Compared to everything else where you see them and fight them, they're all, like, monstrous, terrible <laughs> abominations. He right. even, there's like the, the Praetor bonus, funny enough, I st- somehow still remember this, uh, was you had a skin to where you looked like Darth Maul, but as Garland Merrick's body, because Vader mm. used Ga- uh, Garland Merrick's DNA, but also embedded Darth Maul's DNA to have that look. Interesting. Try to combine the two, but it was also failed. Right. And then in Starkiller's uh, case, he became completely fixated on Juno Eclipse, but spared little no feelings over the things that, such as his uh, progenitor's father or even the Rebel Alliance. He dismissed everything else as irrelevant in comparison on his fixation on Eclipse, nor could he comprehend the idea that any clone of Vader's original apprentice could be distracted by something else than Merrick's love for a woman who was the most responsible. Uh, responsible for his redemption even the dark apprentice was affected by merrick's feelings for Geno, only to succeed where all the brothers had failed rising above the emotional imprints which the dark apprentice i believe is the one that you actually play as is he in the dubbed yeah in the dlc yeah which is very interesting the indoor dlc is very interesting it's obviously kind of like an alternate universe yeah they're alternate Uh, like timelines of the that timeline right but in that timeline it's interesting to me because in that timeline luke has died on hoth mm-hmm. and so you fight leia on indoor yeah yep and her model ray's design is almost a shot for shot comparison of leia in that game yeah, I wonder. I'm. Pr- I, I wouldn't doubt Lucasfilm going back into the archives and say, "Hey, she looks fun. It's Leia, but let's change her up a bit." Right. New characters created. Oh, whoa! Very little effort we'll was put. Have a yellow in. lightsaber. Yep. The main difference with between the two, obviously, Ray looks different, but in oh. her health, her health's changed. That's about it. What happened to Luke's green lightsaber? That's another topic, but I just, I, I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> uh, and then in uh, one ABY, cloning technology was discovered in the Jedi Enclave on Dantooine, similar to the Spatardi uh, cylinders that they produce mature clones in a very short period of time. The cloning tanks were intended to completely were tended to completely by droids. The facility appeared to indiscriminately clone any being who entered it, collecting genetic material, even scanning the minds of those beings so that the clones would uh, 
could be implanted with memories. That's kind of scary that Dantooine had that. Especially a Jedi. And funny enough, when we talk about the Jedi Enclave on Dantooine, that Enclave, have, Enclave specifically has been destroyed so many times from the Old Republic all the way up to the what we have currently. is insane. Like It's been destroyed more times than Coruscant's been attacked. Which is sad. Because Coruscant's been attacked a lot. <laughs> and then, as a result, the clones were completely under the illusion that they were individuals that had been cloned from. The exact purpose behind the facility was not discovered. Darth Vader himself came to believe the technology found that remained of research done by an ancient Jedi into cloning. However, it was unknown if there was any truth to this. Honestly, at that point, I would think it's probably something from the Old Republic era at that point. Because it's Dantooine. But that's what I have for Legends. There's a lot. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff that we sadly don't have anymore. (laughs) Well, let's take our break. All right. All right. Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all things that have to do with the podcast, but not the lore of Star Wars. And so the first thing I want to do is thank our patrons and thank you so much for our support. And if you too want to join us on Patreon, you can go to Patreon slash Holocron History, sign up for various tiers. You get all kinds of benefits from ad-free episodes to coming on all the way up to coming on the show with us once a month, which we'll be having our patron chat sometime two weeks two weeks two weeks from now on the 29th yes the week after thanksgiving good and then you can also like and review us on apple and spotify if you leave us a five-star review with some words we will read it out on a future episode of the show second you can join us on discord on the cups podcasting and more discord server and the robots Radio server, great places to hang out, and you can find those Discord servers. We're both on there and come talk about other podcasts that we do, or in the Robots Radio, you can find other podcasts about your varying interests. Yes, there's so many. Come join us. It's a lot of fun. We're all nerds, so it's great. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's all we got this week. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Let's get back into cloning. All right. Now that we're back, now we have the canon of things. So, uh, quite a bit does from Legends does go into the canon of things, obviously, because the films and then the Clone Wars itself being both canon and Legends. Uh, so we start with the fall of the Republic. Um, though not the only practitioners of the cloning in the galaxy, the communion government tuned, uh, turned its mass production of the clones into a large-scale uh, commercial enterprise. It was through the communion cloning process, the army created for the Galactic Republic almost 10 years before the Clone Wars at the behest of Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas. Which we do know that Sifo-Dyas, like uh, Dooku was 
playing the part of Saphodius, correct? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Uh, and under the leadership of Prime Minister Lamassu, the communions uh, utilized their colonial expertise to create millions of genetically engineered soldiers that would form the backbone of the new Republic military. The chief medical scientist of Camino, Dr. Nalasi, was directed directly involved in the clones, clone army's creation as one of the primary engineers. And then... Uh, Following the death of Cephidius, the Sith took control of the project and hired a human bounty hunter, uh, Jango Fett, to serve as the army clone, the army clone template. Uh, Fett's genetic code serves as a foundation of familiar clone troopers who all share the same face, voice, and combat prowess as their uh, progenitor. Although they were also structurally modified at the genetic level to make them less independent and more docile. The first clones of Jango Fett's genotype were designated as Generation 1, and among the ranks of the clone captain CT-7567 of the 501st Legion. Which... I thought we had a name for him, but I guess we don't. And then further genetic uh, tampering caused Fett's clones to grow the twice the rate of the human species, making them ready for deployment in a decade's time. While the process of the growing clone troopers was left on community and scientists, the Sith took care of a more active role in their programming, having supplied the clones with the behavioral modification biochips to be implanted in the brain of every clone at the earliest stage of their development. Hence, the inhibitor chip. And then in addition to Fett's considerable uh, monetary fee, the comedians uh, compensated him by creating a clone codenamed Alpha that stood apart from the rest of the artificial uh, prodigy. Unlike the others, Alpha was an example of pure genetic re re replication and as such was neither programmed for loyalty nor designed to grow at an accelerated rate. Fett's custody unmodified clone named him son, Boba Fett, but was not not the only example of pure genetic uh, replication, however. Which now we go into. Another unmodified clone of Jango Fett was created, possessing the first generation DNA, and was codenamed Omega. Omega was a human female clone, who by the end of the Clone Wars was serving as Nala C's medical assistant. Which, Alpha, Omega. Beginning, the end. Right. Gotta love the biblical implications that Lucasfilm does. Yes. And then, now we have the Clone Wars. Uh, the Clone Army's development had uh, proceeded through a coordinated schedule as the Separatist Crisis entered its final days. The Communion capital, uh, Topoko City, housed tens of thousands of clones, while millions were in development facilities across the planet of Kamino. And then, clone troopers were the legal property of the Galactic Republic, although Dr. Analysi, one of the cloned main engineers, believed the communion government still owned them. Clones fought for the Republic on the battlefronts uh, across the galaxy and were loyal to the Jedi Generals as well as Chancellor Palpatine. During the conflict, the Jedi oversaw the training of younger clones on Kamino, which we do see this in one of the episodes, one of the, I want to say it's like season three or four of the Clone Wars or something like that, where we see this. Yeah. And I forget who the 
Jedi was training them. It's Shock T. Is the oh yeah, 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 Shock T. Yeah, that slipped my mind. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. uh, and with only a limited supply of genetic material from the late Jango Fett, Lama uh, Lama Su was concerned that the new clones would be less effective as soldiers. He recommended that the Jedi acquired a new template, uh, but his Jedi liaison Shakti advocated the support of remaining Fett clones, particularly the clone Cadets of Domino Squad, which is the episode where we see them training. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's Domino Squad. With 99. With 99. That's 99? The clone 99? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Clone Squad 99? Yes. It's been a while. I have so much going on. Uh, and then Fett's genetic record was uh, considered a military asset and the highest importance to the Republic's continued war effort. Knowing this, the Separatists thought to halt the production of new clones by invading Kamino and destroying the last source of Fett's DNA. Though the clone troopers were soldiers of the Republic, they harbored an affinity for the Kamino homeworld, which they viewed as their home as well. Which we see that a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And then now we get to the Age of the Empire. In the aftermath of the Clone Wars, Sidious proclaimed himself Emperor of the Galactic Empire. During the early uh, Imperial Era, the clone troopers were fought for the Republic, became the first generation stormtroopers. At first, the clones continued to form the backbone of the army, and some troopers joined the ranks of the Imperial Royal Guard. Uh, but to their own surprise, the New Order terminated the clone operations on Kamino. The decision to phase the clones out of the military's uh, service was influenced not only by their rapid aging process, but also the influx of non-clone humans who were inspired to enlist by Imperial propaganda. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Palpatine's trying to gain all of the citizens' votes. The decision to terminate the production of clone troopers also came to a surprise of Supreme Minister... Uh, Prime Minister Lamassu, who, uh, who had believed that the Kaminoan government would continue to grow clones for the Galactic Republic after the Clone Wars ended, with the rise of the Galactic Empire, however, the contract between Kamino and the Republic was effectively nullified. Which, you know, makes sense. Different government. Even though it happened overnight. And then Lamassu hoped to ensure the security of his people in the operation by convincing the Empire that the clones were indisp- uh, indispensable, at- to the end, he sought to create a new breed of clones superior to the previous generation. As an experimental clone that possessed the pure DNA of the clone world, clone army's template, Jango Fett, Omega was an essential to Lamasu's contingency plan. And then, having deemed the clone trooper program, um... Absolute due to the cost, the Empire canceled contracts uh, with the Camino government. Vice Admiral Rampart uh, oversaw the removal of all visible clones from Camino along the Camino's essential personnel and resources, putting the cloning technology firmly under the Empire's control. Yeah, and we kind of start seeing this in Bad Batch a little bit. Yeah, this is the big plot of Bad Batch. And the final batches were brought online, but the Stormtrooper Corps was henceforth comprised of birthborn human volunteers and conscripts under Project War Mantle, 
The first members of the new generation of stormtroopers were recruited from across the galaxy and trained by the clone commandos in the Imperial base on the planet of Daro. And to secure and power as Emperor of the Galaxy, Darth Sidious employed the loyal, t- loyal following of the Sith cultists known as the Sith Internal to help him detain more immortality. Based on the hidden Sith planet of Exegol, the cultists began experimenting with cloning uh, in a bid to extend their Emperor's lifespan and hopefully sustain it indefinitely. So this is a little different from what we have in Legends where Sidious could like implant his soul or like continue like you still have that in canon but he's now it's more of a fundamental thing where he has to have like a clone body of himself right so it's interesting because this goes all the way back to the bane trilogy Mm -hmm. and in the last bane book darth bane is searching for the secret for immortality mainly because he doesn't believe that his apprentice can live up to the name of Sith. And this is big spoilers for the book. But there's a big fight. And it is unclear. To me. To me at least. It is unclear. At the end of the fight. If Bane is dead. Or Bane's spirit. Is possessing his apprentice's body. So it is possible. That. When Palpatine says, I am all of the Sith, it is not a... It's not a metaphor thing. It's a literal terminology. It's a literal I'm all the Sith because I am Bane. Palpatine is Bane. Yeah, I can believe that, honestly. And then the Tarkin Initiative utilized the genetic template of the Hut species to create a line of Hut clone troopers. The Empire possessed a small supply of the Hut clones, which were frozen stasis for the Hive Base 1 space station. Having rejected them from mass production to arm with supercharged carbines, the Hut clones were active, activated by Commander Yule and served the soldiers alongside the personal guard of Death Troopers. And that, like, when I was reading this stuff up, is like that. That took a surprise to me. It's like there's hut clones. What? And they work for the Empire. Yep. What? That's a first, because yep. that doesn't happen. <laughs> and then now we have the New Republic era. Uh, clones were remembered long after the Clone Wars, having made an impact on the galactic history well past the fall of the Empire and throughout the era of the New Republic. Lady Bo-Katan Krez uh, recognized Boba Fett by his clone origins due to the past dealings of the Galactic Republic and the clone army during the Clone Wars. I mean, it's also hard to forget that voice. As she says. But still, it's hard to get hard to lose that voice. And then Moff Gideon's uh, Imperial Regiment employed the services of Dr. Prushing, a clone engineer, as well as a high-value target of the New Republic. Gideon tasked Pershing to oversee the remnants' experimentation on blood samples with a high count of uh, midichlorians. Pershing, Pershing was captured, however, by Marshal, Karst, Marshal Dune. Cara Dune. I'm not even going to say her full name. As part of the Mandalorian warrior Din Djarin's efforts to rescue the foundling Grogu. And then during the Cold War, the First Order warlord 
uh, Kylo Ren had an argument with his rival General um, Hux concerning the newest generation of stormtroopers. Ren openly criticized Hux's soldiers, convinced that they were all capable of high treason through the actions of a single traitor in the ranks, and declared that Supreme Leader Snoke could consider the advantages of using a clone army. Hmm. And by traitor, they mean Finn. Yep. With one can go, they all can go. And then last but not least, we have Dark Sidious's Reborn. The Emperor died with his body was destroyed uh, during the Death Star 2 uh, explosion during the Battle of Endor. In 4 ABY, however, he was revived on the Sith world of Exegol, where a clone of his original body had been hastily prepared in order to serve as his new spirits, or of his spirit's new vessel. Dark Sidious' cloned body was deemed an imperfect replacement, suffering from physical deterioration as a result of the Emperor's connection to the dark side. His followers, a group of Sith cultists known as the Sith Internal, attempted to perfect the procedure that led to Sidious's revival. In the Sith Eternal conducted more experiments with Sidious' genetic template, endeavoring to create, uh, to create a stronger vessel to contain their master's essence. Unlike the flawed clone that uh, he inhabited, one of the specimens that they engineered was naturally in tune to with the Force, however Sidious deemed it an unworthy form. Meaning Snoke. Huh. Right. Nonetheless, he saw his usefulness as a figurehead through the which he could influence galactic events from his sanctuary on Exocol. This being adopted, the identity of Snoke becoming becoming the supreme leader of the First Order. And then, despite the experience of cloning, the Sith Eternal continually failed to create a staple host of city spirit using a form of cloning known as strand casting. They engineer multiple specimens from Sidious's template, none which were considered a success. And then, though appalled by the son's lack forces, lack son, his son's lack of force sensitivity, Sidious permitted the stand, strand cast to live under, live in order to preserve the Palpatine family bloodline through natural methods. Having theorized that the next generation could inherit his power, his plan succeeded when the stand, strand cast star, stirred Ray, who a force sensitive like uh force sensitive like her grandfather mm-hmm. which palpatine's son was a clone of himself but didn't have wasn't force sensitive right and then came ray mm-hmm. where we get the whole plot line of uh, rise of skywalker <laughs> Yep. And then Dark City's clone body was on the verge of death by the time the broadcast of his return to the galaxy during the First Order Resistant War. His uh, flesh had become putrid and, his, and he was blind in both eyes, where he was completely dependent on the support of a medical harness for survival. Uh, Ray's youth, her strength in the Force, and her lineage made her the most suitable host of Sidious's mind. While his plan relied on ending the existence of his clone body, Sidious content was content to know that their souls would be merged within her body, allowing Dark Sidious to rule the galaxy in spirit. However, Sidious abandoned his plan upon discovering the extent of Rey's force bond with Ben, uh, ben Solo, who was renounced the dark persona of Kylo Ren. And that's what we have in canon for cloning. It's really interesting, just the cloning of Force Sensitives and how it works to me. Just 
and you'll have more come awry by cloning a Jedi or a Force sensitive than you are going to clone a standard anybody else. Right. And I think this is something to remember, at least from Star Wars. The Force is not just a... It's not like air or fire or something like that that exists that we can manipulate or an energy. It is a living being Mm -hmm. with a like directive and will upon the galaxy. Yep. And so if it doesn't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. Exactly. I mean, there's a, (laughs) there's a, there's a famous interview with Freddie Prince jr. And talking about like who wins battles in star Wars. And his big quote is like, it's not about, it's not about power levels. It's about Mm -hmm. the force. Yep. It's about the will who wins is the will of the force. Yep. And that's important to remember. So like you can't with that, like genetics really do have nothing to do with that. Nope. Like, for instance, why Palpatine kept failing. The force didn't want him to succeed until it gave like, oh, OK, yeah, we'll let you have a clone, but he's not going to have the force because then we're yeah. going to like. He'll have a kid. We'll give her the force. Right. So. And yeah, I think probably a better, if you want to go to other like fandoms to comparison, if you think about the speed force Mm. from the universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the flash, like very similar ideas. Like Barry is an agent of the speed force. Yep. In a lot of ways. And so. It's a similar and, thing of that. When you are force sensitive, it is because the force has chosen to make you so. Yep. And just like how in DC where Eobarthon, the reverse flash, tries to get the speed force, oh, something a riot, something bad happens, and then he's mm-hmm. now like down a diff- different path than what you wanted, and then the same thing happens in Star Wars. If you mess mm-hmm. with the force, the more s- the force is gonna push back. Yep. But anyway, there's your force philosophy for you. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, that's all we got for this episode. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Holocron Histories podcast. And remember, or God, I almost said the other thing. My other shows, uh, may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at HolocronHistories at gmail.com. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's the Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.